Yes or no? Do you think procrastination has anything to do with self-control? I think many of us would say yes. It's all about self-control or lack thereof. But interestingly, instead of seeing procrastination as a problem of time management, so your lack of self-control over your time, about your discipline, laziness, or willpower, research shows that procrastination is a problem of emotional regulation. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well-equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hello, balancers, and welcome back to another episode of The Balance Theory podcast. If you're new here, I know a lot of you are new here, a very warm welcome to you. And I'm so excited you're choosing to spend the next 20 or 30 minutes with me. Now, before we dive in, to the content of today's episode, I wanted to share something really powerful that I read the other day, which I've actually shared with some of you on my Instagram. So I know I've been chatting with a lot of you through my DMs this week, and I did share it earlier, but for those of you who I haven't spoken with, I wanted to share that all with you now. And it reads, don't make a permanent prediction of your life based off a temporary emotion you're feeling right now. So to anybody out there listening who's going through something challenging, bit of a struggle, something unpleasant, unsettling, any of those emotions, don't let that dictate your future, where you're going to be, what you're capable of, because it's just a temporary emotion. And like all things, everything is temporary. So I thought I would start with that beautiful little reminder because I just found it so comforting when I read it the other day. And I really wanted to share that with you all. So today's topic is all about how to make procrastination work in your favor, which really is one of those things we have a bit of a love-hate relationship with. It's something we jump to and do often. I'm no stranger to it, that's for sure. But we also hate doing it and it makes us feel a certain way. So today I really want to go through how we can actually utilize procrastination to work in our favor because it can actually be a positive thing. It can be something we use to our advantage if you have a certain level of awareness. So today's episode will be all about bringing you that awareness so that you can use procrastination positively because especially at such a quintessential moment in the year where we've all set our goals or you've got big plans for the year ahead, procrastination is going to be one of those things that acts as a barrier. And we don't want that. And we want to be super aware of it so that we can keep moving and building that momentum. So let's be honest, there was a little bit of procrastination involved in writing this episode, which may seem a little bit ironic, but I want to ask you the question, do you think procrastination is always a bad thing. Now, I know I sort of gave it away a little bit in the introduction, my thoughts anyway, but is it really always just about laziness? And if not, what can it actually teach us about ourselves? So these are all things I really wanted to dive deep into, and I know it's something you're all interested in just based off some polls and questions I've been running over the last few weeks. So on that note, if you're not linked up with us on Instagram, jump on over. Our handle is at the balance theory. I often like to inspire a lot of my content based of responses you guys give, where the majority of you are sitting, what you're struggling with, conversations I'm having. So feel free to contribute to the community and our content in that way. And it'll also give you like a little bit of a sneak preview as to what my thinking is anyway. So how many of you have found a bit of a slower start to this year? Maybe there's been a bit of change in your routine or maybe your routine hasn't really kickstarted again, or there's been a bit of lack of momentum or motivation towards moving towards your goals. Maybe something is sitting in that basket of I'll do that next Monday or I'll start it on the first of the next month. And really this lack of motivation, potentially also lack of direction 
can really lead you to not get started, not have a clear path on where you're going and really never take big leaps and make big changes and incremental steps towards actually reaching your goals. So if you've told yourself that this is going to be the one that's going to be different for you and you really want to stick to your goals, then you're going to need to try something a little bit different if things haven't worked for you in the past or if you're finding this year particularly is bringing a flare of demotivation compared to other years before. Now, with one particular listener, I was chatting with her in my DMs and we were speaking about how from working from home, it's really hard to separate the personal and your professional, especially, you know, if you don't have a study and you're working in your bedroom, etc., that clear-cut distinction becomes really, really tough and it can result in a lot of demotivation, lack of momentum, all those sorts of things, which potentially may have been very different to years before. So you've got to approach this year with a little bit of kindness and self-compassion, but also be aware if it's impacting your movement towards your goals. And if you find you really need to commit a little bit extra and you want to take that commitment to the next level, then you should definitely check out our goal-setting workshop where you'll get to understand who you need to grow into to achieve your goal, what that process looks like. There's some mindset tools, how to stay balanced along the way, how to actually keep up your momentum and make the most of something like micro goal setting, all aimed at giving you a really clear path on how to actually smash your goals. And on the topic of procrastination, before we dive into the content of today's episode, it's also perfect for anyone really feeling that overwhelm or self-doubt because often it's those emotions that cause you to procrastinate. So they're emotions you really need to address. And that's something we also do on the course. So I'll pop a few links in the show notes below. There'll be one to a quick five minute Q&A episode where I answer a lot of your questions on what the content is about and what you can expect. And the other link will be to the course itself. Feel free to use the code podcast so I know where you've come from and that will give you a nice little discount at checkout as well. Also be sure to read some of the reviews that some of our balancers have already left on the product page. And I've also got a lot of information on my Instagram. But that aside, I wanna focus now on procrastination, which obviously acts as one of these huge barriers towards actually achieving and taking steps towards our goals. And I wanted to kickstart this episode with sharing something I've recently come across and learned about, which is really, really powerful to understand. And that is there are two forms of procrastination. The first is passive procrastination, which I think a lot of us will know. It's kind of that bad procrastination when you're just putting something off. But then there's this other type of procrastination called active procrastination. And this is what I'm going to refer to as the good type of procrastination. So some of you might be wondering, what's the difference? Well, passive procrastination, so the bad procrastination, is when you're putting off a task just because you can't be bothered doing it, you just don't want to do it. Active or good procrastination involves also delaying a task, but it's actually putting it off until a later date for a particular reason. So that's not necessarily out of laziness. It's just acknowledging that there may be a better time to do that thing or there are other priorities that need to take place first. And this active procrastination, if you're somebody who engages in active procrastination, you're probably really good at identifying when immediate action is required or not. Let's break it down a little bit more. So Passive procrastination is often crippled by indecision and an inability to self-regulate. Those two things which really get in the way of you completing a task. So for these traditional passive procrastinators, when you do put off this task, you may often find it fills you with a lot of anxiety, which can also lead to additional stress and inaction. On the flip side, an active procrastinator purposely delays a task because either they feel they'll perform better under pressure at the last minute 
or they know that by delaying it, they'll be able to better perform for another reason. For example, they need to prioritize some rest beforehand, or there are some other small things they need to do before they get to that big task, etc. If you're not sure which one sounds more like you, or if there's one you engage in more than the other, then think of it maybe this way. Passive procrastinators will delay a task and that's it. Whereas an active procrastinator will explicitly decide when they're going to do that task, even though they're still going to delay it. So there's still that intention to actually do the task and there's that follow through, but they may still delay it for whatever reason. So in my opinion, I think the characteristics that would define an active procrastinator is someone who's still good at meeting deadlines. So this kind of procrastination to me is more of an intentional self-motivated delay in actually starting a task to create better results. So with me, for example, if I'm really fatigued, if I'm feeling very exhausted, I'm never feeling creative in that state of mind. So I may actually go and take a nap before I sit down to do my work. That is a form of active procrastination. For you, it could be going for a walk around the block or doing a Sudoku, etc. It's when you put something off knowing that you'll actually come back refreshed or you'll come back with a better headspace, more time or different working conditions that work better for you. So you're going to do it a little bit later. I want to pause here because I feel like this is a really opportune moment to talk about balance. Let's face it, our days are unpredictable. While most of us have a nine to five type schedule, our emotions and the way we feel every day are totally unpredictable. And so being able to identify moment to moment how those emotions are changing when you're feeling more or less creative, when you're feeling feeling more or less motivated or focused, etc., will actually give you the opportunity to say, hey, this task that requires me to be very creative or focused is not actually going to be executed as well. If I do it now, I have capacity to delay it until a little bit later or tomorrow or end of week. And so I'm going to put it off until then, knowing I can give it 100% at that point in time. So this is how we can really flip that traditional approach to procrastination as just being lazy on its head and make it work to our advantage. We're actually acknowledging when we show up in a certain way and if we can delay something for another time when we can show up even better. So as I mentioned before, naps are one of mine. I do love walking, but I have to admit, since we haven't been in lockdown, I've been a bit more slack with that. But another thing I've picked up is Sudokus. And I'm I'm like Sudoku queen, absolutely love it. If I could get paid to do Sudokus all day, I would not not hesitate to uh, jump on that opportunity. But those are things I like to call brain brain breaks. Oh, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Brain breaks, just a little pause in your day to take you out of what you're doing especially if you feel like you just need a reset or a break from whatever you're focusing on. And I think when these moments come, you've really got two options. So you can be fatigued and feeling not creative and really push through that task because you just want to get it done that day and you can't be bothered doing it later. And you're probably going to give it a 70% effort or you can acknowledge how you're showing up. Notice what's required, what energy, what commitment, what focus is required for you to actually hit that 100% mark and reshuffle your day so that you can reattend that task when you do have that full capacity to really be present in what you're doing. Now, I know this isn't always possible, especially if you maybe don't necessarily work for yourself or you're, or you're on strict client deadlines or anything like that. But I think where you can, there's still an opportunity to create moments of pause and rest throughout the day. So if you're in an office for eight, nine hours of a day, you can still go for a walk around the block. You can still have a chat, have a social chat, go get a coffee, do a quick meditation. There are so many things you can do that potentially for you act as a brain break or a reset 
that I think is seriously worth starting to consider if you really want to start making procrastination work in your favor and being more of an active procrastinator rather than a passive procrastinator. And the only other thing I'll say on these rest breaks, because I know for some people like scrolling on social media is also like a little bit of a break. It just takes you out of what you're doing. They have to be controlled. So you can't go for a walk and just aimlessly wander and, you know, just decide when you're going to come back. Give yourself the time. So I'm going to go on a half an hour walk. I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk. I'm just going to walk around the block, like make it structured. If not, I find you can get lost in it and it can become passive procrastination, especially with the social media scroll. You know, you can get lost doing it and then it doesn't really have any intention and you eat into the time where you're supposed to be doing something productive. So whatever you do, if you can have like a very structured frame around it and don't be scared to experiment with timings, with activities, whatever's going to work for you. It's always better to have a toolkit of things rather than one or two things that you always go to because every day is so different. So you might need something else depending on where you're at. So start with the pockets that you can actually do something about. And as I said, just try out different techniques to help you recharge. I also wanted to share something really, really fascinating that I was reading about in a study when I was researching procrastination and they were comparing passive procrastinators. So the the bad procrastination to active procrastinators, the more positive form of procrastination and non procrastinators. So we've kind of got all ends of the spectrum. They were all compared and they looked at things on various dimensions like their life satisfaction, academics, personality, motivation, self-efficacy, etc. And the study actually showed that active procrastinators have really similar life outcomes to non-procrastinators, which I found really interesting that people who actively procrastinate, so they'll positively put something off, basically have the same results of people who don't procrastinate at all, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. I don't think I would have ever sat here and thought to myself that somebody who engages in procrastination could have the same, I guess, productivity or or fulfillment in their lives as somebody who does procrastinate. We almost jump on the bandwagon of procrastination is a bad thing. But when you think about it, actively procrastinating is actually a way to give you balance throughout your day. It's a way to hold space for yourself. It's a way to reset. It's a way to just bring you back to you, even if it's just for a moment. So of course, it's going to be the same as if you didn't procrastinate at all, because it's actually a positive thing. I'd be very interested to see if actually active procrastinators outperform non-procrastinators. I might have to read further into that study or see if there are any others to back that up. But I'd be very curious because I feel like it brings a certain level of awareness, confidence and self-control to actually be able to actively procrastinate, especially if it's for the betterment of your performance. So that was something really interesting that I read that I thought you guys might like to know. And yes, I'm saying that having that nap is the same as if you didn't have any pause in your day at all. So I don't know about you, but I'd take the nap any day. (laughs) So I know what some of you are probably thinking. What if you experience both active procrastination and passive procrastination? Hands up if that's you, because my hands are both high in the sky. Just because you have the ability to be proactive and controlled and utilize active procrastination, it doesn't mean you are totally immune to passive procrastination as well. What I'm trying to say is both forms can definitely coexist. So what's that all about? Why is it that we can fall into it? And how do we snap out of the bad procrastination when it does pop up? So I want to ask you something. Do you think, yes or no, do you think procrastination has anything to do with self-control? I think many of us would say, yes, it's all about self-control or lack thereof. But interestingly, instead of seeing procrastination as a problem of time management, so you're lack of self-control over your time, about your discipline, laziness, or willpower, 
Research shows that procrastination is a problem of emotional regulation. Let's think about this for a moment. When we procrastinate, by sheer definition of the word, we are engaging in another activity to what we originally are supposed to do or intending to do. So when we look at this scenario, you've got the passive procrastinators, the bad procrastinators are probably engaging in more mood improving activities, right? Like watching Netflix, eating something enjoyable, scrolling on social media, online shopping, etc. And the active ones might be doing something else more productive. So potentially other tasks on their list that if they're not feeling creative, they can't do that creative task, but they may do other admin, really like lack of brain focus required type tasks. So see the difference there in what you're choosing to fill that void with. And if there's one nugget you take away from today's episode, I want it to be this. The self-awareness is a key part of why procrastinating makes us feel so bad about ourselves. Because when we procrastinate, we're not only aware that we are avoiding the task that we want to be doing or should be doing, but also that it's probably a bad idea, but we do it anyway. And that's why that passive procrastination is known as the bad procrastination. It's not what you're doing it, it's why you're doing it. So Dr. Tim Feichel, who is a professor of psychology and a member of the procrastination research group at Carleton University in Ottawa, said that, Procrastination is an emotion regulation problem, not a time management problem. So in this sense, the passive procrastination, the Netflix binge, the IG scroll, is a way of coping with challenging emotions and negative moods induced by certain tasks. So what are these moods? So the nature or the desire to procrastinate probably derives more from the nature of the task itself. So for example, if you have something unpleasant to do, like take out the rubbish, clean the toilet, that's going to elicit an unpleasant emotion within you. But there could be activities or tasks that elicit other emotions like boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, self-doubt, anxiety, uh, I said anxiety, etc. So when you have a task that's in front of you and it presents that array of emotions, of course, Googling wall art for your bedroom that you probably don't need is going to look a lot more appealing than doing something that's going to make you feel anxious, which is why this research group and and the research I was reading up about is calling procrastination an emotional regulation problem and not a time management problem. It's almost like an immediate response to the emotion or the thing you're trying to avoid, which is going to give you that feeling. So if you're listening to this right now and you can think of something you're procrastinating on, no matter how big or small the task is, it could just be something as simple as cleaning your dishes in the sink or something more large scale, like a project you're working on or something at work. Consider what emotion is tied to doing that thing. Is it unpleasant? Is it boring? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it bring up self-doubt? Try and put your finger on it. And if you can't think of anything right now, remember next time you procrastinate to ask yourself the question, what emotion is this activity bringing up for me that I'm trying to avoid? So knowing how to identify it as an emotional problem is step one. But what do we do about it now? How does that actually help us when we get stuck in a passive procrastination moment. Interestingly, in a 2012 study examining the relationship between stress, self-compassion and procrastination, Dr. Sirois found that procrastinators tend to have high stress and low self-compassion, which we could stretch to mean that self-compassion potentially provides a bit of a buffer against against negative reactions to self-relevant events. So if you don't fall into a habit of giving yourself self-compassion or falling into self-compassion when something has happened to you and it's eliciting those sorts of emotions, the boredom, the anxiety, the self-doubt, it's more likely to have high stress. You're more likely to experience a higher stress response. 
So when you ask yourself the question of what or why am I avoiding or putting off this task for, and your answer is because of anxiety or self-doubt, then you can take a moment to reflect on that. And what I would say is try and think of a time where you did something similar. So whether that is a task that's literally similar to whatever it is you're procrastinating, or if you don't have anything similar, it just means maybe you're trying something new. And I'm sure you can think of one time in your life you've also tried something new and I'm sure it didn't turn out too badly. Whether that's the first time you cooked in the kitchen or rode a bike or went to university or started a new job. There's going to be so many things that you did before you even knew what they were doing. And I'm sure you felt similar similar emotions, but you can use that as a reflective tool to say, hey, I've been here before and it didn't turn out that bad. So really extending yourself that self-compassion when these emotions come up that make you want to procrastinate. Another good way to think about this or reframe, I suppose, is you can have a think about what it will mean to you once you achieve or tick off that thing on your list to do. If you don't procrastinate and you actually get it done, how are you going to feel? Are you going to feel accomplished, excited, less stressed, less anxious, all these things? Or potentially you can even think about other people that it will impact. How will they feel about it? It should be a really good step for you to help overcome the hesitation in actually just getting it done. And help you reframe that emotional connection to the nature of the activity or whatever it is you're putting off. So if you find that self-compassion for you is often a really tough thing to engage in or it's not something you've tried before or you're listening and you're thinking, I don't know if I can really do that. I want you to definitely give it a go, but I definitely want to leave you with some practical things that you can do. And actually, there'll be a really good combination to do with the self-compassion to help you next time you feel like you're procrastinating. Or if there's something you're doing right now that you're procrastinating on, you can definitely apply these straight away after this podcast. So the first thing I would recommend is micro steps, micro goals, the 1% every day. What's something small you can do every single day to just move a step closer towards that goal, completing that project, or just doing that thing that you've been putting off. This probably applies a little bit more to larger tasks. Obviously, if it's like taking out the bin, I'm not quite sure that would work doing bits and pieces of it every day, but you get my point. And this might sound familiar to you for those who have completed the goal setting workshop, where we actually dedicate a whole module to micro goal setting, what it is, how to do it, how to actually break down your goal. Because often we look at uh, something that's really, really big, like a high level task or project. And there's so many things that we need to do that we just get completely overwhelmed. And this is when we fall into that procrastination loop. And let's face it, when that momentum starts to die down and life throws those spanners at you, you want to have the tools and the framework to be able to keep moving towards your goals or your project or doing whatever that thing is without getting thrown too far to the left. So if this has resonated with any of you, I would strongly recommend signing up to the goal setting workshop, which you can complete absolutely on your own time. The content's about two hours worth. Plus, by the time you do the activities, you can probably do it over a couple of days in your own space. But if you're really someone who needs some clarity and focus and direction when it comes to your goals and you do feel that distraction, you do feel like you're procrastinating it, then this is going to be perfect for you. And just to bring it back and make it relevant to this point, all about micro goal setting is something that's been completely game changing for me. And I think really has been the reason why I've been able to hit most of my goals every single year. And just remembering it's what's something small you can do every single day, but in the course we will actually break down whatever your goal is into achievable steps that you can then break down and, and make a plan for every single day. So that's my tip on small steps. If you have been procrastinating or you're struggling with procrastination, I would start at that point because all you really need to do is focus on the step in front of you. It's not the whole staircase. And I'm sure you guys have heard that age old adage multiple times before. 
So the next one is curating your environment. If you know you always scroll on the gram and waste time, there are app limiters that can help with that. It's, it's actually, um, it's not even an app. It's just on your phone in the settings. You can just limit how much screen time you are on those apps every single day. And I've got a mind down to 30 minutes a day. And the thing I love about it is, you know that you're on a time limit to be on that app. So when you're on it, it's very intentional. You don't waste time looking at people's pages you don't care about. You just actually are engaging and doing the things you actually want to be consuming. So it helps you become a bit more intentional on social media, which I actually really, really liked. But if that's something you find you always do to procrastinate, that's one thing I would strongly recommend. If you find you always go online and spend a lot of money, you can put limits on how much you can spend every single day. If you know that you're always going to the pantry and snack on the same things that are not too healthy for you, then just don't buy those things or don't put them in the pantry. You know, there are small things you can do to curate your space and your environment that are going to be beneficial to help you not procrastinate. So this is probably a good time for you to just think about what do you actually procrastinate on in a passive sense? So what are the passive things you do to procrastinate? And can you curate that a little bit better to help yourself out? You could even stretch this to the physical space. So when you're working on your work desk, is your phone facing up and flashing every time you get a notification? Because I personally find that so distracting. I put it face down or actually out of my sight so the temptation is not there. As a first example that popped into my head, but you know your distractions best, you know your space. So something to have a think about, can you better curate it in a way that's going to work and help you actually procrastinate in a positive way when you do engage in it? Lastly, and this is probably something to reflect on once you actually know what your passive procrastination moments are. So for me, it's probably definitely scrolling on Instagram for too long, but that app limiter has definitely helped out. Once you know what it is, you can then use this as an opportunity to remind yourself when it does come up and ask yourself the question, how can you actively procrastinate? So what are some of the things you could do that actually help you reset, rebalance, give yourself space that you could then replace when you get the urge to scroll on Instagram or go online shopping or open the pantry for that thing you always just randomly go for. You know, sometimes the body just needs a rest and a reset, which is why we procrastinate as well. But we do have the choice to make that an active and a positive procrastination. So what are the things that help you reset? Is it going for a walk? Is it doing a meditation? Is it reading five pages of the book that you've had sitting there that you've been meaning to finish last month? You know, there's so many things you can do so that next time that passive procrastination moment pops up, you can be like, yep, I'm going to swap this now with a positive thing that's going to help me reset or it's going to help me get a little bit closer to my goals as an example. But be careful here that you don't want to overload like productivity on productivity. So sometimes you just need to do something that is quite chilled out and more of a reset so just be aware of what you're replacing and what your body needs so it's kind of back to what i said before you want to have a toolkit of things because it's not going to be that one or two things work every single time so procrastinating is actually not the worst thing in the world and you can absolutely use it to your advantage and the key to i guess increasing your performance or just your satisfaction or your sense of fulfillment is actually just getting clear on how passive procrastination manifests in your life So some key takeaways I want you guys to think about if this episode has particularly hit home for you is number one, what do you do when you passively procrastinate? So what are the things you do that just are your go-tos that you just put off tasks? You feel that laziness and that guilt. Number two, is there a pattern of tasks that you put off? So whether it's like admin or housework, is there like a category that you can notice a pattern in and identify what is the emotion that it makes you feel? 
which as we spoke about before is the product or what, what makes you then procrastinate. So can you actually put your finger on the general emotion? I think for me, probably it's an element of self-doubt potentially when I do procrastinate or a fear of failure, potentially it's those emotions. And I can identify that with a lot of the things that I probably put off. So can you put your finger on what the emotion is or is there a category? And if yes, Can you think about how you can extend self-compassion to yourself in those moments? So can you think of other times you've done those things and how good they felt or how much of a good job you did or how good you felt after it? So start having a, I guess, proactive approach in that regard and start thinking about things you can remind yourself of for when that procrastination creeps in. And lucky last is what can you do to actively procrastinate? So are there some brain break things you want to try? Some reset methods, some meditations, some books you want to try reading? Is there any list you can kind of compile to just have there as a go-to next time you notice yourself passively procrastinating? So simply by being aware of these, the two types of procrastination and how you can use it to your advantage is honestly the easiest way to make it work in your favor. Make sure you are taking breaks when you need it, when you feel like you can't push on, just don't push through that fatigue because doing 100% is always better than 70%, even if it's a little bit late. Just make sure you're communicating to relevant people if it does impact them. But start labeling what's going to actually be conducive to make procrastination work for you and really start labeling them as things that are going to fill you up and bring you peace throughout your day because then you actually kind of look forward to them. And when you do get that opportunity to procrastinate, it's still a reminder, hey, I'm going to do this later, but I'm going to prioritize a bit of self-care first or whatever it is. So if you have any thoughts on today's episode or you just want to have a chat on Instagram, shoot us a DM. Our handle is at the balance theory. The last few weeks I've been in my inbox a lot more and I plan on keep doing that on a regular basis. So I'm here to strike up a conversation. If you ever just want to throw around some ideas or just chat about your goals, your direction, your procrastination, whatever it is that pops into your mind, your balance, because I just love getting to know our beautiful community and it's growing and I just get so excited to see all new faces popping up in my DMs. Again, just quickly, if you do want a little bit more information about our goal setting course, I have popped those links below the quick five minute uh, Q&A style episode where I answer questions on what you can expect from the course, from pricing to content to the actual format. So go and check that out. And don't forget, you can use the code podcast at checkout to get a discount on that workshop. And remember, goal setting is a process of you becoming the next version of yourself. And procrastination can be a really, really big barrier to seeing that through. So don't put this off if you've been thinking about it. If we're in February and you really haven't started taking any action and you're still feeling like that clarity just isn't there, you'll be kicking yourself once you do it that you didn't do it earlier. I've got so many balancers who have already had monumental mindset shifts just from reframing their approach to goal setting, getting clear on what they want, creating the steps and daily habits that is actually going to help them achieve those things and how to maintain their momentum and check in with themselves. So if it's time to get the ball rolling, you need a bit of a launch pad, join us. I can't wait to see you in the workshop. There's another huge month ahead. I want to just thank you all so much for listening. Just quickly, I keep forgetting to mention this in my episodes, but if you've been loving our content, it would mean the absolute world to me if you jumped over to Apple or I believe Spotify now has the functionality as well to leave us a review or rating. I know there's a lot of new people here, so I would love to hear what you all think. And it's a great way for other podcast listeners just like you to find our podcast and work out if it's a community that's right for them and their journey as well. Sending you all an abundance of love and balance. And I'll see you all next week for another guest episode.
And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Balance.